Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. Hello everyone and this week is brought to you by the color yellow. Yes, yellow. My goodness, is there a lot of yellow going on in my garden right now. It's four different variety of flowers that are coming on and they're all bright sunshine yellow. There's a perennial sunflower that's a tall pom-pom flower. There's two or three daisy looking like, yeah, draw flower looking like things. I don't really know what they are. Um, and they're really, really pretty. You know, it's funny how the garden seems to bloom in colors, you know, the purples and then the blue purples and then the oranges and yeah, white. I have white flowers. They all seem to bloom roughly at the same time. So I don't really have like continuous color in a wide variety throughout the summer. It usually is one themed color and I didn't plan it that way. It's just nature does that. And um, so this week is yellow. The garden seems to be settling in and growing. It seems to be um, spreading out in the fairy garden. There's going to be a lot more work in the fairy garden next summer to make the lower level a little fuller and purchase a few more houses to make a, quite a village there. It has an upper deck and a first floor. The first floor is just now filling in. Um, all the plants that I've transplanted have survived, and I'm really happy about that. Um we're really kind of stuck, as I said last time, on what to do about the back of the garden because there's just not a ton of room. So um, I think we've decided to not do anything for the rest of the summer. We wanted to put some little pine trees or arbor vitae. Um, I don't know. And so when in doubt, don't. It's always something my grandmother said. And I just told my husband, you know, if we're concerned about the property line, um, we think that it's roughly where they staked it out um, when they did all of the tree demolition. Um, we have to just really decide what we want to do. And um, I don't have a huge opinion on it right now. Um, it's open. It's wide open. Um, it's very visible from all sides of the block. My yard is. <laughs> so it kind of doesn't matter if I put a couple little trees back there or not. We may put some annual flowers back there that get real tall. Maybe we'll plant sunflowers. Maybe we'll do wildflowers, which is kind of what my husband wants to do, a, a strip of, of wildflowers. We'll see. There's, there's room to plant some more. And we just have to try to decide what we want to do. And I think right now is not a time to make a decision. There's a lot on his plate and he's going to be the one that does a lot of digging. Yeah, let's just wait a year, see what happens. So what other things have been going on that is yellow around here? Well, I've been working on a pandemic themed bookshelf quilt. Our... My Creative Corner 3 Facebook group has been doing a sew along and this week I got my top sewed together because next Wednesday um, Angel of Halo Inspiration is doing videos and she is um, collaborating with me on this. She is going to show some ideas about quilting and I'm not sure I'll have my long arm open and my fingers hurt way too much this last couple weeks to try to do any walking foot quilting on my domestic machine. But as I auditioned several big chunks of fabric that I have, um, I kept going back to sunshine yellow. And I'm not a huge yellow fan, I guess, but I love how the yellow goes with the white background that I picked for the books. I love 
this little Swiss dot and it's yellow background, white Swiss dots. And it goes with the pandemic bookshelf quilt, which is probably what I'm going to call it. I made a little video about it on YouTube and all of the things that came together on this particular quilt represents things that I have been doing or things I've been seeking or renewing of ideas on things that I've always enjoyed. So, well, what did I always enjoy? I've always enjoyed rock hounding and I have a Petoskey stone fossil fabric. It's our state stone and I love, love, love rock hounding. You know, I've talked about it and I even picked up new Petoskey stones this summer. And so I put a book that has the Petoskey stone fabric. The other things on there is I found an oven mitt. Yeah, oven mitt fabric in my stash. And I've been doing a lot of cooking and researching different recipes. I've been using the Instant Pot. Not been baking like lots of people because I don't want to, you know, gain even more weight. Actually, I'm trying to lose weight. So trying to find all these great recipes. And the oven mitt, I thought, represented that really, really well. I also have things in there like ladybugs and there's some botanical themed you know with the garden I have indoor plants I paper pieced two little tiny spiky succulents and you know me I have picked up the house plant bug uh, it's one of those things that I was always interested in plants as a kid we always had one or two and then I moved around a lot so I never kept plants in the house until the last year or so I decided man, these fake plants are bugging me. I'd like some real plants in this house. Um, it's kind of a dark house, so um, I'm going to have to get a light for the plants, which I never did last winter um, here pretty soon because the house is kind of dark already and the plants are kind of looking a little, they need more sun. Yes, they do. They look a little pale. That's the word. So I have been going out occasionally. We're, we're, not as locked down as Southern Michigan, but we still are pretty locked down. But we can go to Lowe's and we can go to stores and we can go outside and do outside things. Um, so I've been scouring the clearance racks at Lowe's and I have found lots of little tiny house plants <laughs> for a dollar and I bought one for three. So my dollar plants are like the African violet I bought. I think for $2, I bought another succulent, it's like a zebra succulent and a cute little um, planter that looks like tile. I bought a lucky bamboo for a dollar. I bought a calico for a dollar. Um, yeah, I, I have bought quite a few plants. I'm peeking over at my plant area. The other thing is I bought a couple of you know more expensive plants. I spent $5 for a dragon tree. I think it's a draconia i'm not familiar with this i'm looks like a spiky palm with a braided trunk two of the trunks um, have lost all their leaves and i don't know what i'm doing with it i've researched it i have read the label and so far um only one uh little trunk has has leaves and the tips are brown so i'm assuming they overwatered it and i moved it from one place that didn't get tons and tons of sun to a much warmer and more sun in uh, facing south. We'll see. See if it likes that better um, until it gets cold because then it will freeze out there and I'll have to come inside under the fake sun <laughs> that I'm going to buy. Any tips on dragon trees? Because I've never had one before. I've always wanted a palm or I love these spiky plants and this one just was you know, it was an offer I couldn't refuse. I had to pick it up, right? So that's on my pandemic quilt. The other thing that is on my pandemic quilt is a little tiny block I found in my orphan bin. I wanted to have a um, quilting reference in there and it's a tiny little paper piece star. It's about four inches and it sits above a teacup. Those are um, two cups are on the shelf, one for coffee, one for tea. And the little paper piece star is a double reference. It's referring my, referencing my love of quilting and how I spend 
most of my waking hours either quilting or thinking about quilting or podcasting about quilting or writing a blog about quil quilting. Yeah, I, I really spend a lot of time in the brain space thinking about quilting. But stars also represents, you know, over the spring and summer, my husband and I have gone on a lot of nature rides. We've gone in the evening and at dark to go look for um, full moon, um, comets, the meteor shower, we've seen shooting stars, we've seen different um, constellations. So that's also on my bookshelf. That's the fun thing about a bookshelf quilt is that it's slightly improv. There's no, you know, pattern for it. It's kind of some general guidelines. And Angel did a really good job on her YouTube videos that you can find either on her Facebook page, my group, or on YouTube itself. But you can personalize this and I wanted it to be white in the background for disinfectant and the yellow is my pursuit of sunshine and looking for the joy during this time. I love the golden hour and of sunlight and taking photos. Um, that's one thing I did not put on the quilt was a camera or a phone or photos, but I might quilt something like that on there. I've really, really thought hard about things I wanted represented on here without making it too literal or over or punch you in the face with things. You could make this 3D. You could Angel's going to hang a mask on hers. Um, having a pocket on it um, to tuck the mask in. I could even put some recipes in a pocket on there if I really got ambitious. But I'm not really sure, you know, that I'm going to do that because, you know, I'm to the point now where I'm the top is done and I'm kind of done. I'm ready to finish it up by quilting it. So when you want to do something for yourself as a memory quilt, the bookshelf quilt is a great way to personalize it to what you want to remember, what you're trying to commemorate, what you're trying to tell a story about. And the books are literally telling the story. I mean, this, this is really an amazing quilt. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind. It's all a lot of vertical, vertical seaming. Um, I somehow or another, when I starched it and pressed it and steamed it, my shelves, even though I measured them all really, really well, and there's, of course, stretch and shrinkage in here, um, I have to block it because there is a little bit of difference in the width from the top to the bottom. So I'm going to officially block this quilt to keep it rectangular and squared on the corners. I think that the um, little bit of wonkiness is okay. That doesn't generally bother me, but I'm going to really work hard on trying to keep this square and then dry, let it dry completely for several days before I try loading it. So I'm probably not gonna have it done before the video comes out next Wednesday. Um, but I'm going to try to have it done before the end. I, it's probably not going to be bound, but I'm going to at least have it done. And I really am not sure what I want to do for quilting. I'm probably going to wait and watch Angel's video to get some inspiration. So I really have to say I've, I've enjoyed making this quilt. I still have a couple of irons in the fire, you know, with the longer term projects, and that would be the Kinship Fusion Sampler. Took a couple days off, so I have now officially derailed the one block a day. I made it up to almost 40, so that's, that's good, right? <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to keep it up for the whole 100 blocks, but it was a good jump start. And I will probably pick that up as I go along. The Dear Jane is in the timeout pile because I need to have a better brain space for the next group of blocks that are going to be harder. And, you know, I've, I've really thought about what I want to work on next. And I have a couple of ideas. And one of them is I have a layer cake that I bought at least a year, maybe two years ago. It's a Tula Pink Halloween um, layer cake. It was the um, De La Luna. And I've never been able to cut into it because they're 10 inches and there's some really big blocks and I don't want to lose the their like portraits of 
of women who have faces that look like sugar skulls. It's really, really cool and totally not something I would normally buy. But I really do kind of like how badass this quilt kit is with a gothic feel. Layer cake, not a kit. Layer cake. So I didn't know what to do with it um, without ruining some of the prints. And uh, in my group, Sharina mentioned that Karen of Just Get It Done Quilts um, has a YouTube channel, did a layer cake video. And I saw it pop up in my feed and I didn't take the time to watch it. I did. And I have to say what she did with layer cakes is absolutely modern. It's cool and it's brilliant. I am going to do that with the tulip pink layer cake for the fall. I probably have to blend in some other fabrics. I have to download all of the directions and make sure I have enough pieces because you know layer cakes are not all the same. Some have 20, some have 40, some have 44. I get and you got to have enough light with the dark and um, you know so I'm going to have to check that out. But it's it's Halloween and the colors in it are not traditionally knock you in the face orange and purple and green. They're more subtle and blacks and grays. And so I think I have enough in the stash to pull it off. We'll see. But anyway, if you want to know what I'm going to be making next, it's the Just Get It Done fat, no, layer cake quilt that she did a video on this week. She's done some great um, stash busting videos on using fat quarters and scraps and things like that. But, um, yeah, check it out. I thought it was very brilliant and it looked really, really cute. I haven't done too much um, with the Cricut except make some masks. I think I have one more mask to make. Um, my husband, I think, has hinted that he, would, he was going to buy it from a friend and I was really angry. I said, honey, why would you pay your friend to make you a mask when I have your tartan? she has tartan fabric. When I have your tartan scrap, she gave it to me after she made your kilt. I can make one of those. And I think I'm going to make him a tartan mask lined with black Kona and maybe um, half and half on the front. Um, yeah, why does he want a dress tartan mask? Well, because the end of the month, um, one way or another, um, his mother's memorial service is happening and he's decided he's wearing his kilt um, after much deliberation about it. I'm like, she loved it when you wore the kilt. Wear your kilt. Um, he doesn't really have a suit anyway. And I'm like, we're, we're not fancy people. And the kilt will look great. He can wear whatever shirt he wants with it. And the other part of the whole thing is it's going to be very small. Where, like I said, Michigan is opening up. Um, where I live in the northern zone a little more than the metropolitan areas so we can get our hair cut and the gyms are open and you can gather outside in smaller groups I think it's less than 100 or 50 and inside is 10 well we have I think I think the funeral home has an outdoor venue with a pavilion that we may be able to use I think there's only going to be probably 30 people. My husband thinks maybe up to 50. So that's okay. And a lot of people aren't coming because, you know, COVID and um, summer and it's been months, you know, most people aren't even having funerals, but it's very important to my husband's family that they have some sign of some kind of memorial service. And I'm very supportive of that. So they're planning it all. Actually, I'm just going to show up and make my husband a tartan mask. I have lots of tartan fabrics and um, I told him, I said, you know, for, you know, tartan is wool. It'll be hot. The other part is the weave on it is pretty big. So it's going to have to be lined with cotton, at least one, maybe two layers of Kona. So just, just letting you know, I think personally to use a tartan um, wool for a mask for, for protection is not, um, not ideal but for a dress occasion when we're outside when you technically don't really even probably have to wear a mask if you're going to stay six feet from people but it's going to be a funeral there's probably going to be a few people they're going to come close um so he wants to have a 
tartan mask and he goes he hates wearing the mask anyway he he wears them but he hates wearing a mask and um i think if it were tartan it'll make it easier for him so anyway that's that's the story of why i'm going to make one more mask and it's going to be my husband's contoured mask from with the cricket and hopefully the cricket will cut it, cut it out if it doesn't then i will cut that tartan piece out by hand and who who thought when I saved the, you know, the kilt maker gave me the scraps because she knew I was a quilter and I never thought that I would be making a mask from some of the scraps. No, I really, really didn't. But at least it's not going to be sitting in the drawer unused, correct? <laughs> so the other good news of what I've plan to be doing in August and into September is I think that um, visiting family in Michigan is going it's going to be happening I'm going to see my son and his wife this weekend for breakfast on their way through to a camping trip for their anniversary can you believe they've been married two years already I can't believe it my daughter's anniversary was last weekend yeah last weekend 12 years and she's a baby let me tell you she's very young I was just a child when they got married that's my story and I'm sticking to it um yeah they've been married 12 years I can't believe it I feel really really old and I thought you know maybe I should uh, do something to commemorate um my my youth the 80s because I feel a bit feeling nostalgic about my youth but anyway I digress so seeing people has been on the plan um, between people being ill and you know the um, local outbreaks where people live and just the logistics of traveling several hours from home going to the bathroom getting food and gas and all that so I think it's all worked out now um and we've got a game plan. And so I am definitely going to go and start seeing people um, before September and try to visit folks a few times before um, the snow gets butt deep. And yeah, we I usually say another word, but I'll keep it clean today. So, you know, that's that's in my plan. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited because we're getting close to what I consider the end of summer is probably only two weeks left. Um, when Labor Day comes here, it's the end, the official ending of tourist season and schools, you know, usually starting and a lot of schools are starting. And I just want to give a heartfelt, I don't know what I would do and, and, and really want to give you a hug if you're wrestling with that decision of school for your children. I know it's been a difficult decision for my family members and some people um, have chosen to keep their kids home in homeschool because they have the ability. Others have lots of reasons why, and some of my family are sending their kids to the school. It all depends on your family and what's best for your kids. And um, But nobody has come to these decisions easily. And so, you know, Labor Day is when summer officially closes, but fall tourism starts. Believe me, we have been inundated. I'll go to tourism next. But, um, you know, so I'm like two more weeks of summer in my brain. And then the start of the new year starts in my brain. When school usually starts in September, that's the day after Labor Day. So this has been the most wonderful, slow reminding me of my very early youth in the 70s summer, except for the fact that I have Shark Week and high-speed internet. Okay, it's a good thing I have that because I wouldn't want to go back to the 70s with none of those um, luxuries. But it's been great. I've been crafting and gardening and I started reading a book. Yes, I'm reading a book. I'm listening to an audiobook. The audiobook is actually one of my favorites, and I've listened to it and read it before. It's The Alchemist. Um, the audiobook is amazing because it has Jeremy Irons as the narrator, and I actually bought it. Um, love, love that book. And so it's really kind of woo-woo, and it's got a little bit of magic in it, and it's got some really interesting 
concepts and blending of lots of ideas in this melting pot of a book that I absolutely adore. And it's it's really more of an allegory or um, using a lot of metaphors that this young shepherd is going on an adventure to go see the pyramids. That's really the basic thing. And so the whole story is his learning insight into following his dreams. So that's really what the whole thing is. So it's so cool. And I love it. It's an old book. It's been around a long time. And it's one of the few outside of Lord of the Rings that I have come back to multiple times. And I thought, I just love listening to it. And Jeremy Irons voice is amazing to listen to, especially when you're quilting and sewing. So I love, love that book. The other book I'm reading right now is, um, I don't know who it's by, but it is a mystery of sorts. It's a real um, story of facts of something that happened in my hometown in the 1980s. And, and it involves the murder of a local man who worked in the oil fields at the time. And it gets to all the players and all of the facts that weren't necessarily brought out in the news and in the um, newspapers and the all the different things. Um, I was pretty young at the time when this happened. You know, I was, well, I was just graduating high school. And so this horrible crime happened and it had us, all the people in the story, because it's, it's told like a story, um, that I knew who were lawyers and policemen and the police chief and people in town. And so it's kind of like a weird macabre nostalgic trip about something that I kind of formulated an opinion about without knowing all of the facts. So I thought, you know, I'm going to read this story. This person, it's a woman and I can't remember her name, but it's wicked takes the witness stand is the name of the book. And I thought it's been extremely well done telling the facts in a story type of easy to read manner. So it's, you know, you go through the trials, you go through what happened, you go through, you know, just a lot of things based on interviews and um, facts that were brought out and all of the bumbling that happened were a small town and in the 80s were even smaller and didn't have access to a lot of sophisticated things. So yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting because I'm having to re-examine some of my thoughts of what I believed from what was in print and on the television over this murder. So yeah, it doesn't happen very often in Northern Michigan. And it certainly doesn't happen very often in my town, even though we have crime, it's usually, um, even now, the crime that we experience in my county is more about theft and property damage and things like that. It, violent crimes are still pretty, pretty low. But that just it's been one of those urban legends circle around this murder. There's a lot of whispering in the community about this over the decades because it's been a long time now. And I still know people who remember it very well. So it's been, it's been an interesting thing. But town has changed since the 80s. So they're giving places and stores and names of things. Some have um, survived all this time and are still in the same place. Many have not. And so it's kind of interesting as I've forgotten that, oh yeah, I didn't realize, I, I forgot that that store used to be there. Things that are very key to the murder. So it's just kind of funny how the memory is actually and what um how it, it doesn't take long when say one business closes and another one opens in my brain you know for some businesses they're always going to be say glenn's market okay that was our grocery well it has been bought out and it's called something else but i always call it glenn's <laughs> Yeah, that's a sign of your old and a grandma when you do that. Remember the store that used to be called this? Oh, yeah, that's right. It changed and was called this. Oh, yeah, that's right. In the 90s, it was bought and called this. Yeah, you know, it got to a point where I didn't even know what my grandparents were talking about, um, about their hometown, because I would go visit them in their hometown. They didn't, they didn't live up here. 
And I would be like, Mom, I don't even know what they're talking about. There's not even a farm on that corner anymore. It's been bought four times. The grocers changed names. You know, <laughs> I feel like I need to stay up to date or no one's going to know what I'm talking about in another five years. So I think, you know, that's the two books I've been reading um, television wise. Um I don't watch much TV, but it's Shark Week, people. Wrapping up Shark Week 2020. I have watched Nat Geo's version last week. I've watched um, some old reruns, but this is the Discovery's Channel Shark Week. I've been a faithful watcher of this for every year. I don't even know. It's been 25 at least that they've done Shark Week. And I don't know why I love it so much. It's like this comforting friend that you get to visit every summer. And a lot of the scientists are the same people. They go and visit some places. You get to see some sharks that you saw a long time ago. They've made it. Maybe they're older. Maybe they're relatives because now we have DNA and they DNA sharks. Can you believe that? (laughs) So, yeah, so it's been fun watching Shark Week, kind of that comforting um, show that you can sew or hand sew or knit to. And um, the other things we've been watching is uh, YouTube channels that we continue to follow, all the travel people that we really, really loved, you know, of course, can't travel right now. So I have to say um, a couple of them have fallen off our watch list except one and I'm enjoying it because they're a young couple who traveled all over the world for the last couple years but they're taking the pandemic and being able to change their spin on what they want to do for traveling. It's called The Endless Adventure. So they bought a 1975-ish motorhome. And they knew they are living at one of their parents' house and they are renovating this motorhome and making it modern and fresh, but keeping a 70s vibe. And I'm telling you, the both neither of them had any experience doing this kind of stuff before and they are doing really, really good with it. And I'm like, I would I couldn't even build anything like that nor would I be able to with experience run a power tool or put in new flooring and they're refurbishing it and oh my goodness so it's going really well even though they're learning as they go and they've made mistakes and had to rip it out and that's what I love about it so the endless adventure it's fun um they also have some fun things when they were able to travel the world, they have some really good videos on um, their their travels. They went to some really great places, and and they're worth watching. But other than that, we you know my husband has quite a few that he watches, and so remember I also watch Just Get It Done Quilts. I talked about her um, earlier, but she's got quite a few videos that are fantastic. I would say watch that. Teresa Down Under does short video um, how-tos with making blocks. A lot of them are quick and she puts a lot of her show notes and she's on Instagram also. I really enjoy her channel because she gives me ideas on alternate ways to construct blocks in a more timely and fast manner. Um, The other um, Jordan Fabrics, I think it's Jordan Fabrics, I watch her also, there's so many people that have great podcasts and things on YouTube also. So if you're into podcasts um, with people talking, you want to see them talk and you're getting lonely for people and seeing them while they talk, there's many of them out there. My podcast though on YouTube is in audio format because yeah, COVID hair, seriously. I, even though I'm able to get a haircut Um, I'm wearing it shorter and I like it shorter. I think I'm going to keep it shorter, but it still gets way out of shape. I got to go get it cut next week before all of this stuff, the funeral and seeing my family and everything. So hopefully, hopefully I'll get that done. So that leads me to been watching a lot of the YouTube channel called Pressure, P-R-E-S-S-U-R-E, Pressure Luck. He has a cookbook now in print and I've been watching a lot of his shows on YouTube about how to make things uh, dinner wise, you know, because I am 
um, what what shall we say, cooking challenge because I don't like it. I don't like cooking. I like baking occasionally, but I don't like cooking meals. So the instant pot has actually made it to where I don't mind now because you put all the stuff in the instant pot. Either one, mostly one, one step meals, and um. I've made a couple of his that I, I thought were really good. And one was a fajita chicken. That was a really good one. He has um, beef stew. He's got, oh, he's got, we've had his version of corned beef and all kinds of things. So I've been watching a lot of his basically video tutorials on how to use his, um, how to make things and use his recipe. Just a second. My phone is buzzing. I can't, it's really distracting. One moment, please. I also tried another recipe that um, is out there. And it's basically interesting because you could do this however you wanted. And um, if I can find the link again, I'll put it in the show notes. But it's, it was called Korean barbecue. Um, ground meat, ground beef. I put ground turkey in there because I don't like draining the fat out of the instant pot because I'm short and get burned. <laughs> so I use ground turkey and you don't have all of that to drain out. And then instead of, I can't find all of the ingredients, but I, I put some of the spices that they have in there, but I can't get sesame oil. And the pandemic is not a time to buy a small amount of sesame seeds or sesame oil up here in northern Michigan. You can't find it. So I bought this jar of Korean barbecue sauce. And what was in it, oh, it's hot and it's good. But it's not like so hot it's painful and hurts you. <laughs> but it's it's spicy. But what was really, really interesting about this recipe is they gave you a way to do sticky rice and not mix it in with the barbecue sauce and put it in a cheesecake pan on a trivet above the meat as it cooks. It was delicious and it worked out really, really well. So you could experiment with your own version. They, you know, the rice to water ratio is different than your traditional rice. But I thought that was very cool because you didn't have everything all mixed up in a stew, right? <laughs> so I'm going to try a uh, couple of other recipes and I'll be honest I'm going to buy this cookbook because I'm tired of printing off all of his, these recipes and having them scattered all over the house and not in order and then I have them mixed up because you know even though I have a file folder with all of my recipes in order I print these off and stuff them on top and now they're all mixed up and this is why I think I'm organized but to be honest people I'm really not my house is a train wreck with lack of organization. It's kind of what I would call chaotic organization. <laughs> things are in boxes and totes and things are on the surface look good. But much like my recipe collection, it's quite a disaster <laughs> when you start looking for things as I can't always find them. It's a good thing that for at work, I have people who help me with appointments and they're very organized people and they know how to do spreadsheets and I can fill in the blanks on the spreadsheet but I can't make one and I'm, I'm kind of not motivated to learn and the other part of it is there are people who help remind me of things that I need to do and there are the um, administrative people who make reports and then they tell me that certain things are overdue and you know and then I've learned how to run my own report so that I can stay ahead of it love computers for that because if I had to depend on the file folder system which I did early in my career um, totally sucks because I can't find anything because I have no idea where I put it or what it may have been filed under much like my craft room and other places in my house with important papers it's a disaster folks a dis complete disaster I've tried every organizing system in the world and trying to make myself um, stick to a very complicated file folder. Um, what I would call people who are, have this OCD knack of having everything in its place and that kind of stuff it doesn't work for me. And I, I really understood it more when I, I've talked about Clutterbug and I've read her books and she's a great person who has a different styles for people like me who 
I just want it in a box somewhere. I need what she calls macro organizing and some things are, are doing really well. Um, but don't ask me where a certain fabric is or a certain piece of paper. I can point you in the general direction and then wait about an hour or a day for me to rummage through the boxes where it's macro, <laughs> macro organized because I don't have micro organization down at all. So I keep t trying to retrain my thought of it's a train wreck because quite honestly, it's just different than what other people have. And I can't and don't, not able, I don't know what it is, to be able to fit to that conforming of putting things, these micro organizing systems in place. Sometimes it's frustrating, but my ADHD brain is like all over the place so much and I can't even file printed recipes. Yes. The best thing that ever happened with um, automation and electronic mail that we call now email is that I don't have to deal with bills getting lost. Yes, yes. What a disaster. Those were like topics of, of not really fights, but getting irritated with each other. And I don't have to even worry about that anymore because everything is online. It's been the best. It's absolutely been wonderful. So what have you been up to? Are you um, hitting the wall with the pandemic? Are you still locked down? Are you more like where I'm at, where we can go to the gym if you want, but I'm not going to the gym. I'm doing my isometrics at home and I'm walking around the block when I can, kind of like a plant, feed me, water me, get me outside. Um, or I can get my haircut too. Or are you like where my mom's at, where she has not been able to get a haircut appointment. Our library finally opened up, but I'm reading books and audiobooks. Um, lots of podcasts and television and just a lot of quiet around my house. Uh, or are you like my daughter who's got all the kids at home? The house is bursting at the seams. Um, there's two adults working, all the children being schooled. Uh, she's continued schooling all summer because they just, she, she said it, there was just months there where learning was not happening in the way she wanted, thought it would be conducive to keeping the kids up to where they should be for their young age. And, um, you know that I want to give hugs to those who have had to make the decisions over schooling and even things like what we're going through. Oh, trying to plan a memorial service, a wedding, or anything like that during this has been absolutely difficult. And um, one way or another, our memorial service for the mother-in-law is going to happen this month. And then we can move on to other things. Hopefully, um, I know some friends of ours who are going to get married are still getting married, but putting off the ceremony, the public ceremony and the reception, you know, the church wedding, the reception and wearing the dress and all of that for next year. And I'm hoping that it can happen next year. You know, I'm dreaming of traveling and, and going back to my old YouTube people and every once in a while checking out places or looking at history or videos of places like Scotland, Ireland, Wales. Yes, I dream of going to those places. So there's lots of dreaming, lots of planning and squirreling money away for the someday vacation. Um, I've taken two vacations off the books this summer and last spring, but I may take a four-day weekend coming up just, just because sometimes you need those mental health days, even if we don't travel far. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of dreaming and planning. And I've gotten over the hump um, since we painted the kitchen of looking at my house and thinking that it needs to be blown up with dynamite and rebuilt. So if I'm going to give you one last channel that I watch all of their releases is called the Holderness family. And I had to really, really laugh because I identify with the wife so much. She and her husband both work from home full time, run a couple different businesses. They're homeschooling their children. 
um, for the summer, you know, the virtual learning. I'm not sure what they're doing for this fall, but um, she they've done a series of um, COVID or pandemic videos for months. And this week was, you know, you've been home too much when, and I'm not going to give away the whole video in case you watch it. But she said that exact same thing. She's like, I've been on Pinterest and I'm pinning all of the rooms and the decor. And can we just knock this wall out? And can we do this? And can we, and her husband's eyes are getting big. And my husband's looking at me laughing because we watch these together in the evening. He's going, that is so you. I'm like, oh, I know. Can you knock that off? Can we build a second floor? Can we gut the whole house and redo? Um, can we paint? Can we? And then we both look at each other and go, oh, the kitchen was enough. Because <laughs> it leads to other things, as, as I talked about last time. But there's no big money investment in going to the dollar store or the thrift shop, picking up a couple focus things you want for fall, which I did a couple weeks ago. And September 1st, I'm, I have found all the rest of my pumpkins and my fall themed things and all of the quilts that I have made over the years that can spruce up all of my rooms quickly. And that's what I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks. It'll be time to change out all of the quilts that I currently have out. I am not going to blow up the house with dynamite. We already had a dumpster here and got rid of um, a lot of things. Um, so you know what? Now it's just time to change the wall art, get the, the new season of stuff out. I purchased five $1 items at the dollar store that will be some focal point things for my fall decor. And I'm going to keep scouring Pinterest and the Cricut Design Space for patterns for new things. And I plan on making a lot of stuff with all of the stuff I have sitting right here at this house as I continually uh, continue to social distance for the most part. Um, but we are loosening up a little bit. And the thought of getting out in the community and going back to the office a day or two a week isn't so scary anymore. So you guys, that's such a Michigan thing, isn't it? You guys, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, my Michigan, um, what do you call us, figures of speech come through with my accent. And uh, I hope everybody has a most wonderful week and that your last two weeks of summer are fantastic. I, I did say I was going to get to tourists and all I can say is this has been the most tourist laden summer because we're kind of open and then the cities down south of us you know like Detroit and Grand Rapids and Lansing and Flint lots of people they're very locked down still and it's going to be two more weeks of lots and lots of tourists lots of people are flocking up north lots of people have second homes there's camping is allowed the beaches are open Please be careful because social distancing isn't um, always heated at some of those beaches. And um, so like just getting out to like go get a coffee is almost impossible just for something for me to do because the drive throughs have 10 to 12 cars all the time, every day, doesn't matter when, because the restaurants are limited and many really didn't open up. And those who have, have posted about the abuse that they're taking from people over masks and over waiting and over everything. So um, I'm just thinking that we're all getting tired, tired of all of this. But be kind to one another, be kind to the people who are in essential positions. And I'm just looking forward to the last two weeks is going to be that big push up through Labor Day of tourism. And then it's like a big relief, you know, we'll have some tourists with the fall, but nothing like summer and beach going and all of that, because a lot of these people are family and have children in school, Whether no matter how they are educating their children, the, it just naturally slacks off. So I am looking at two more weeks of being home and in my house and avoiding the long lines at the grocery store and um, 
I'm not going to Starbucks just to get a cup of coffee. I'll just make, maybe I'll do that in September. Maybe that will be my, my September goal to keep my driving skills up. I will go to Starbucks to try to get a pumpkin spice latte um, because I've never had one. Yeah, can you believe it? I've never had one, but I'm not doing that until after tourist season. Um, they can, I hope they all have a wonderful time, but um, I'm looking for some relief. So anyway, y'all have a great day. I hope your week is wonderful. And um, remember, my week was brought to you by Yellow, Yellow being sunshine and joy. I hope that your day is full of all good things during this time. And let me know what you're up to. Let me know what you're making. Um, leave comments on my blog at My Creative Corner 3 during for the show notes, or you can always send me an email at theholloway12345 at gmail.com. Don't forget that I have a Etsy shop where you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee, and um, I could might take your virtual cup of coffee, um, Etsy purchase and go to Starbucks next month. And I will give you a full report on what I think pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice coffee or lattes taste like. And the other thing that's on my Etsy shop, which is my creative corner three, one word on Etsy, um, is my Zen and the art of creativity. It is a premium podcast. It's less than ten dollars. I think I, I think it's priced at eight. I'm terrible. Don't even know which is what. Is that two coffees? Yeah. They, um, and it has some great um, ways to deal with stress and creativity and keeping your mind clear and open for the creative process. Take care, everyone, and have a most wonderful week. Quilt on. Mm-hmm.